Today's episode of Girlboss Radio is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code GIRLBOSS at checkout to get 10% off. And by ShipStation. Selling online has never been easier. Try ShipStation free for 30 days by going to ShipStation.com. That's S-H-I-P as in Peter, Station.com, and get an additional month free when you use offer code GIRLBOSS. And by FreshBooks. FreshBooks is a super simple cloud accounting software made for creative entrepreneurs who don't like dealing with numbers. To claim your free month, go to freshbooks.com slash girlboss and enter girlboss in the how did you hear about us section. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Girl Boss Radio from Panoply. I'm Sophia Amoruso, the founder of NastyGal.com, the author of Girl Boss, and the soon-to-be author of Nasty Galaxy, which you can pre-order now on Amazon. On each episode of Girl Boss Radio, I interview someone that I'm genuinely interested in, who's doing something that no one else is doing, who's forged a path for herself and is the boss of her own life. Every one of these women is a complete girl boss, and we're all so lucky to have them on the show. Today's guest is Think's co-founder and CEO, Mickey Agrawal. But first, Liz Carey is back on the show, my goofy friend. You can find her at the Liz Carey on Instagram, and we'll be talking about the highs and lows of our week, our girl boss moments, and of course, your girl boss moments, because you tweeted them in. Uh, hi, Liz. Hi. How are you? I can't take my eyes off you and your hair. I, I'm brunette again. It's so weird. It's really? weird. Yeah. I like it. It is weird. I have choppy bangs on purpose. I like that. That is especially weird. Why? Has somebody said your bangs are crooked? No, but they are. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> oh, good one. Oh, my God. Nice. Congrats. How's on that. your week been? It's been just great. Yeah. Yeah. That's my cool. new answer when things are all falling apart. You just That's go, it's it. great. Yeah, me too. Super snappy, though. You've got to really believe it. Things are it. really good. Things are so good. There's some really good things happening. So exciting. <laughs> like, the worse my week is, I'm going to do a more zippy answer. <laughs> just great. <laughs> um, so what did you do this week? I've done a couple of things, like go to the emergency room for my migraine. Yeah, you've had a migraine for like a year now? I've had a migraine for a year. I went on a morphine drip, which I highly recommend to anyone that's having a bad that's day. That's what they give people to get off of heroin, right? It's like if there's no other painkiller that will work, they just pump some morphine into you and then... Was it like a treat? It was like a treat, but I drove myself there, so I was roaming around St. John's Hospital like, hey, you couldn't drive yourself on home. a trip right now? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, that was part of my week and made a big decision. Oh, yeah? I want to take myself to children's summer camp. You were a child. <laughs> what would you do at mother's summer camp? I enrolled my child into summer camp, sleepaway camp for his first time. And I am I think I'm more excited than he is. I've been watching the video nonstop. Yeah. They take away all your cellular devices. Well, they better. I can't believe they have to do that to children. And it's like you go in cabins and he's an only child. So he's going to have to deal with like new friends. New fr- There's not going to be any whining. Yeah. You're going to have to just deal with the shower and everything. And I was thinking to myself, Aww. I want somebody to take away all my yeah computer yeah totally and just go to like a a camp where there's a pool there's a you break lake. the law bad enough they'll send you yeah. someplace like that well i'm working on it with some i'm gonna go beds. back and get another morphine drip <laughs> <laughs> so anyway that's my game plan cool yeah my version of that is like a ranch with like a big field with tall grass and yeah just no phone and what if they just took a group of us like one book what if it was an adult camp 
Don't you kind of want to go? No, I want to like be alone. I want to climb on stuff. Strangers. I want to go on a zip line and a water slide all day. Whatever. That's just my. like that, but they're like detox. No, I don't want anything like I want to eat donuts the whole time. Yeah, they don't make those. That's called double tree. It's called like an acid trip. (laughs) I think it's called Coachella. (laughs) Motel six. Okay. (laughs) Go to a motel six list. What have you been doing? Uh, Traveling. Yeah, more traveling than I. Then a bargain floor. Sure, sure. Went to Detroit for a beautiful wedding. My friend Audrey Gelman got married. Oh, yeah. That wedding looked real nice. It was really pretty. That's my hometown area. It was in, I know, I saw a sign for your exit. Uh, did you? A little You're bit. like, hey, like, mom. Toledo, that way. Mm-hmm. The wedding was beautiful. It was in um, the plant that the Ford Model T was like. Oh, really? Made. Yeah. It, it's pretty cool. Detroit is fucking awesome. It's crazy, right? It's so cool. That was where we would jam out when I was a teenager. That's where all the clubs were. It's like a forgotten city. It's really cool, right? It's, I just want to go explore everything. And what? we went to the Motown Museum. I saw. But we didn't get in the museum because they were sold out of tickets for the day. So we just went to the gift shop. Well, that's really all you need to do. And We can um, go back there. You can stay at my mom's house. Okay. Sure. That would be fun. It'd be super. I think I'm going to go in June. Okay. Well, that's like tomorrow. Yeah. Let me think about it. Okay. Think about it. And let me know by the Then I went it. to New York because oh. a very special <laughs> thing is happening. I know what it is. That I can't talk about. I'm not um, going to say. Somebody took my picture for it. <gasps> it's press, which I don't really get excited about. Is it a cat calendar? It's a cat. I put on a cat mask. <laughs> And I w- grew my leg I hair hope out. I didn't let the cat out of the fire. Mm. <laughs> oh wow. Wow. Okay. We just lost so many listeners. <laughs> Everybody was like, click. <laughs> Put my game face on for a photo shoot. I and, saw some uh, of the photos. You look real pretty. Thanks. Um, well, I'll tell you something weird. It's not funny. It was just like, you know, when somebody says something in your mind's like, what? I said to my kid, I said, come on, life is short. He's been having an ongoing argument with somebody. Mm. And he goes, mom, life is the longest thing you will ever do. Oh, my God. I was like, what? That's really profound. I know. The whole drive over here, I always think of like, oh, what were my moments? Better drum something up here. And all I could think of was life is the longest thing you will ever do. Are you kidding me? That's amazing. Is it profound or is it depressing? It's profound. (sighs) It means life is a thing unto itself. Hence me that we're doing. Then I was like, let's find you a summer and then camp. there's all the other things that we call our life. Yeah. But just being alive is a thing. Yeah, we're not funny because I think I've been hit by that. I was just like, oh, boy. <laughs> um, What else happened? I saw Keanu. It's really funny. Go see it. Okay. Let's laugh out loud. Did you have a nice time? I did have a nice time. Stop winking at me. She knows I went on a date. She's like the weird aunt that's like, <laughs> oh, you got your boobs came in, huh? <laughs> Look at that. You got your boobies, huh? <laughs> did you have a nice time? Wink, wink. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, I'm going to go on a date. And she's like, here's a corsage. <laughs> no, I didn't want to say date. I wasn't sure if you wanted me to. <laughs> <laughs> I went again. Oh, man. Oh, my God. So that was funny. It was laugh out loud. Oh, man. And what about fucking Donald Trump, man? Oh. Okay. Girl bosses. <laughs> girl bosses vote. Um, What the fuck, Donald Trump? What the fuck, Donald Trump? No. Should we no. just have a segment called What the fuck, Donald Trump? I think so. Maybe. Because we need to. Everyone needs to go vote for everything but him. I don't care How what it is. It doesn't even here? have to be human. Just vote for anything but him. How did, how is this 
even oh god i'm sweating like a maniac but and i don't push my like beliefs on no. people but i will fucking leave the country i will burn it all down i'll burn down this fucking podcast burn and it. i'm gonna move to fucking morocco when the whole thing came out with him being part of anything i was like that's a joke like that will that's never funny yeah that'll be something that happens for a week the fact that it's materialized and is an actual thing he's the candidate it makes me so sad for our country all right all right all right all right so every week on this show we ask our listeners to tweet and instagram and hashtag girl boss moment which is the time of the week that you felt like you owned your life where you were the entrepreneur of your life and ultimately a girl boss so Liz, what was your girl boss moment this week? My girl boss moment is realizing that, again, my 10-year-old is smarter than I am. <laughs> That's a good one. Got to step up my You've game. You've also been like pretty productive with a full-on migraine for a week. Yeah. That's pretty intense. I went into pitch meetings yesterday like, what am I talking about? I don't know. But listen to this idea. Yeah. How did you think it went? I think it went well. Cool. I believe I, you. Yeah. It was a cool company. Wait, now that you say something, I just thought of an actual thought. My friend came to my house and he's super smart and productive and has a huge company and blah, 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 blah. And he said to me, okay, what if somebody gave you all the money you need for the next 10 years, whatever? Name me five things that you would drop out of your life to just focus on where you want to get to in five years. What would you and then drop? I sat there and thought about it and I was like, I'm so fucking lazy that if somebody gave me enough money for 10 years, I was like... I'll probably lay around. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> wow. You, you, that voice is really something. So just uh, food for thought. What would I do? Yeah. All... Isn't it a weird question? I mean, he was like, I, have I really to keep doing all the things that I've already started. Well, I kept thinking of myself. Money or not. Yeah. What would you get? Seven things you would get rid of, like get rid of, like stop doing. It? He was saying, you know, you do so many different things. My main goal is to sell my script, you know, and yeah. either produce it or act in it or whatever. But I have to do a lot of <laughs> uh, oh, work at craft service. Um, <laughs> but I have to do a lot of other jobs to make that happen. So I was thinking, what would I do? But deep down, if we're being honest. If I had enough money for 10 years, I'd probably lay around on my bed with my pants in my pants. <laughs> I don't know. I think you'd probably get really depressed, no? I don't know. So I went out and I bought some lottery tickets. Are you serious? Yeah. that That's what that conversation inspires yes. you to do? <laughs> wow. Mm -hmm. That's a girl boss moment if I ever heard one. <laughs> Oh my God. I think mine is one that I can talk about on June 1st. June 1st. My girl boss moment is a month away. And it's imprinted onto like some digital film somewhere. It's in somebody's hard drive. It's going to be cool. But it's a girl boss moment that I never thought would happen. Mm -mm. And I feel very lucky. Oh, you know what I, what I can say my girl boss moment was also? What? I got a medical marijuana prescription. Boom. I have one too. Let's do really? this. Really? super high. I stopped drinking, but now I can just like become a little turd on the couch. Right. I don't know. I don't even like marijuana, but right. I thought that, you know, if it's going to be around, you. I might as well like not get arrested uh Oh, Cher is nodding her head okay. a lot. Like maybe somebody's had their card for a while over there. <laughs> totally. Okay. That's why it's that, so mellow she, yellow like over it. soulful she, nod. She was, that like, was like a, uh-huh. She threw uh -huh. up her peace uh -huh. sign. Yeah. Cher is our producer who doesn't have a microphone. <laughs> Cher is just like, you so, guys are just getting that like, card. hell yeah. <laughs> is that the bong? Is that the bong? <laughs> 
So now we're going to read girl boss moments from you, our listeners. Okay. So Hill Moses says, just bought girl boss for my three females I mentor. Can't wait to deliver them. Hashtag girl boss moment. That's a good one. If I ever mm. heard one, you buy my book. Thank you. Claudia at just underscore Kia Grace moved back in London, got a marketing job at Harrods and a house in two weeks. That just jumped out to me because I lived in London for eight years and I love it there. And I love Harrods because you can get everything you need in one place. Kiana B at Stellar Chic One says, when you're at the gym blogging and checking emails while working on your legs, hashtag girl boss moment. That's a girl boss moment. But if you end up doing that for too long or with people working for you, you'll resent those emails someday. And maybe your girl boss moment will be turning your fucking phone off. But for now, that is your girl boss moment and you own that. Emily Moore at underscore Emily Amanda Moore. My girl boss moment this week is keeping my head up in positive attitude even when life doesn't go as planned. Oh, I love this one. Jesse Quinn at JKA Quinn. Today is my last day as an intern. It took me almost six years to get to this point, but I did it. Hashtag class of 2016. Hashtag girl boss moment. So fucking cute. That's cute. Some of us intern for a really long time. Before we get real stuff. I'm still waiting for my real stuff. Yeah, so. She's an intern on Girl Boss Radio. <laughs> uh, Jeannie at Jeannie Long. I purchased and changed my car's low beam headlight all by myself. I don't need a man. Okay, I like that. Genuine and Ginger at The Upright Co. says, Can't get a job working for someone else, but I keep landing more boutiques to sell my jewelry. I'm good at being my own boss. Hashtag girl boss moment. Jessica Jane at almost underscore chic, finally being able to kind of differentiate between at Sophia and Liz Carey's voices on girl boss radio. That is a good girl boss moment because that means you're listening <laughs> and we are narcissists. Nice. So. Danny at Mission Worldy says, dissertation done, new job contract signed, lunchtime bath, and Audible UK listening to Girl Boss hashtag Girl Boss Moment. That's fucking awesome. That's a lot. That's a lot. Dissertation. I never even did that. Yeah. No, that's that's a lot. Ivy Elizabeth at Ivy Haber. Girl Boss Radio is my motivation to get to the gym and listen each week. And that's my Girl Boss Moment. Okay. Okay. Wow, we love the of- flattery. You know you'll get on the show if you flatter <laughs> us. It's just like, you guys are pretty. It's that's not even on there. No, I just no, made no. that up. Yeah, you got a blowout. It looks really good though. <laughs> Trisha Spears at Trisha329 says, presented my first completely self-led project to senior execs at Fortune Magazine 500 and my manager was super impressed. That's oh. cool. You have a good manager. That's nice. Stick around. Oh, Maggie at Maggie. I'm saying all your names wrong. Ma- Maggie Razier. I spent Razier, Razier. Maggie, I spent seven hours after school running theater errands and working on the set, even though I got my required hours two months ago. Hashtag girl boss moment. Oh, Angela Polberg. I went to a watercolor class by myself tonight. Hashtag girl boss moment. That's so fucking awesome. Watercoloring is so therapeutic. I know it sounds like stuff children do. but No, my grandma does it. So nice. She's really good. It's really nice. It's a nice gift for a friend to get them a little <gasps> set of watercolors. Do you, have you seen those little mini ones that you can take in your pocket? Mm, no. I'm going to get you guys both one. They're the coolest. How big things. are your pockets? I don't want to give away the surprise, but I'm going to get you both one. i got to go to the fucking art store. All right. Last one. Liz. Yeah. Take it away. Andrea Lindquist at Andrea Lindquist. Yo, at Sophia Amoroso launched a new site for our Oh Shit Workshops. <laughs> Sold out an event and responded to our first hate mail. So that's a girl boss moment. What? But a- you know what? What? Don't respond. That's my advice. <laughs> Just don't respond. You can't. You can't. No. You can't. 
you don't need to respond to to hate. No, no, you ignore it's it. It's tempting. It rolls though. off of you. It's tempting. Yeah, social media is not. I just delete and block. Doesn't, doesn't always bring out the best in people, but super tempting. Can to, also connect to write back the best of us. Yeah, with our girl boss moments. Thanks for writing in all your positive stuff. Yeah, ladies. thanks guys. Keep them coming. Follow Girl Boss on Instagram and Twitter <laughs> and Facebook. There's a lot coming with Girl Boss and subscribe to the Girl Boss Diary newsletter at girlboss.com. Liz, thanks for being here. I'll thanks see you in a minute okay. for a message from our sponsors. Okay. Okay, so Liz, Squarespace. I love it personally because when I used it, my site looked professionally designed and I have zero skill level. So <laughs> it was really easy for me to use. It's intuitive and I got a free domain because I signed up on Girl Boss. Yeah, you got to use the Girl Boss offer code and you'll get a free domain if you sign up for a year. Yeah. Liz, tell our listeners what they can take advantage of right now, exclusive to Girl Boss Radio funny that you ask. Well, you can start your free trial site today at squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code GIRLBOSS to get 10% off your first purchase. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Let's get to the interview. Mickey Agrawal is this social entrepreneur who breaks taboos. In 2013, she founded Thinks a company that makes period-proof underwear. And for each pair of underwear you purchase, the company will donate money toward the cost of one set of reusable pads for a Ugandan girl. She's also the founder of Icon, pee-proof underwear for women experiencing incontinence, and Tushy, bidets that attach to your toilets to create a more eco-friendly and hygienic bathroom experience. Mickey's been named Ad Age's Creativity 50, Good Magazine's 2015, Good 100, and was the recipient of Tribeca Film Festival's Disruptive Innovation Award. Mickey, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. The first thing that I ask most of our guests is, what was your first job? Like, where did you get your start? My first job, period, I was a referee, a soccer referee. (laughs) Oh, cool. Yeah. I heard soccer was a real thing for you, though. Like, you also got onto, like, a professional women's soccer team? Yeah, that happened definitely post age 12. But but yeah, yeah, I was. um, Yes, I did. I played for the New York Magic for two seasons. It's a farm team for the power. So it was in the professional circuit. So 12, I was a referee. And then I worked at this this amusement park called La Ronde in, in Montreal. I'm from Montreal, born and raised. Yeah. And this amusement park, La Ronde, were selling these horrible they're called beaver tails basically which were it's like fried dough and like if you put me in mm. front of a fr- any smelling fried dough i would like vomit right now at this point so Uh-oh. did that but then my, and my friend basically was the manager and i was like oh my god i can't have this this kid managing me this is not even i can't and so i was fired actually and then <laughs> by this kid in my class did they whack you with a beaver with tail a beaver like, you're fired <laughs> <laughs> that would have been pretty awesome, actually. That would have been a great. Or did you like attach one to the back of your body and like wag it on your way out? Like, I attached it. I, I like I attached to his body when he didn't see it, and then I ran away. <laughs> no, um, and then I basically interned in L.A. for this guy named Steve Stabler, who was one of the producers on Dumb and Dumber and those kinds of films. And uh, as my Indian father says, very smart films. <laughs> not. <laughs> he says not. 
<laughs> I came back again because I thought I was I want to be a filmmaker, but for an Indian and Japanese parent being a first generation immigrant, it was not going to happen. So what was your first legitimate job? When I graduated from Cornell in 2001, I got a job in investment banking right across to World Trade Center. I got a job at Douche Bank, Deutsche Bank. Douche. Yeah, Douche Bank. I officially started my job September 1st, 2001. And my subway stop every single morning was to World Trade Center. And so I spent the two months prior training to become an investment banker. And then mm -hmm. I officially started the first week in September. And, you know, 9-11 happened. And on that day, 700 people in my girlfriend's office died. She worked at Aon. And then two people wow. in my office died on that day. And I happened to have slept through my alarm clock the only day in my life. Never before, never after have I ever slept through my alarm clock. And it was just one of that, those like wake up call aha moments where I was just And you like, worked in the Twin Towers? I worked directly across the street. So wow. at, at Deutsche Bank. And so our building was also destroyed. Half of it was destroyed. And so that day I just missed it. And I was just like, oh my God, like this is so real. Like, I, I mean, I could die tomorrow. Who the F knows like what is going to happen tomorrow. And so I was just like, I've got to like live as lit up as possible, you know? And so... That's when I kind of tried my hand at playing soccer for the New York Magic. And then I subsequently had a couple of ACL reconstructions. <laughs> and then I went back in the film business and worked my way up to producing commercials and music videos and production managing and doing that whole thing, starting off as a PA, picking up trash on the streets and doing that whole, you know, <laughs> you know, driving directors and whatever. And that's when I had my first like business idea you know, was born out of a something that kept happening to me after I came home every night eating on set. So like on set, you know, the craft service table, which is like mm -hmm. garbage on a table, which is like pigs in a blanket and like processed candy and like just everything processed. Are you still saving or paying off student loans? You're like, I'll just eat the free stuff on the table. And then you'd come uh -huh. home and I would just have the worst stomach cakes ever. And I was just, and so finally one day I just said, enough is enough. And I Googled it and, um, discovered, you know, just the massive processed food industry and just, you know, the pesticides, antibiotics, like preservatives and all this stuff was making people be, you know, becoming more allergic to stuff. And, you know, after working the film business, I had the first aha moment idea. I'm like, I'm going to open a healthy restaurant. I had no experience in working in a restaurant. I never worked in a restaurant actually. And just said, I'm going to open up a alternative pizza place <laughs> which was vegan cheese yeah pizza is a 32 billion dollar industry you know americans eat 100 acres of pizza every single day and it was just mm. like all right here's an industry that that was just adding stuffing more crust with more cheese adding more pepperoni and more processed crap on it when there's definitely a growing healthy conscious market even if back in 2004 2005, no one was really talking about the locavore movement, organic, farm to table was still very much nascent. So I just said, fuck it, I'm just going to open my first restaurant, a gluten-free farm to table pizza place. How did you figure out how to open a restaurant? Like, where did you start? Did you just walk down the street and pick a storefront and point at it? And <laughs> did you have investors? The first thing I did was I held what I call the meeting of the minds, <laughs> which mm -hmm. was 20 different friends in different walks of life come together, whether you're an architect, a designer, a creative, a musician in a room and there's going to be free food there. And like we're all animals and everyone loves free food stuff. And so I always offer free food when doing anything, asking for help. And I made sure that everyone didn't really know each other. So their kind of win was they got to meet interesting, other interesting new people. And so, I, you know, I always talk about how something has to be mutually beneficial. It can't just be like a one-way street. Like, can I pick your brain? It's just like, oh my God, delete, you know, versus I'd love to meet 
other interesting people get a free meal in a cool space. Like, yeah, sure, I'll show up, you know? So that's their benefit. And then my benefit mm-hmm. would be I get to ask a series of questions about this new business idea that I have. And then I went into asking questions and I thought it would be like a two hour thing, but everyone got so involved and so excited because it just, it was basically like, carte blanche like blank canvas where everyone could just throw in ideas and you had 20 different perspectives on each question for the price of a pizza oh yeah for price of like delicious free pizza you know (laughs) um and on the fundraising front i never raised money in my entire life i was like how the heck do you raise money i'm like okay i need rich friends okay how do i get rich friends okay i have some friends in finance you know i went out pretty much six to seven nights a week in new york when i first moved here so i can make as many contacts or new friends I possibly could. And in the fundraising world, I tried doing the whole, let me put my investment banker suit on and like have these very important meetings Mm -hmm. with these people. And I'd raise a total of a donut in six months, (laughs) like nothing. I would have these like one-on-one meetings with people and just be super nervous and completely uncomfortable in my own shoes and just kept failing basically and after six months I was like oh my god I'm the biggest loser ever or what am I doing wrong here and I think the biggest takeaway was looking at the one-on-ones in my uncomfortable investment banking suit was that I wasn't me and I wasn't you know like when you tell your friends you're like oh my god I have the most amazing idea and then you it's it, it rolls off your tongue like poetry like and then enthusiasm. Yeah. so much enthusiasm and, and it's like and it sounds so exciting and then the minute you get in front of a potential investor I'm, I'm, I'm doing air quotes right now you know it's like my idea is I, I forget you know what I mean and you're just like so uncomfortable and yeah you're like hello hello I forget my name. Wait, what's my name again? Oh my God. Yeah. So I ended up figuring out, oh wow, the times when I'm most comfortable is when I'm organizing dinner parties and, you know, and having these like meetings of the minds type things like that was really beneficial. So I organized similar things where I would have interesting people who I thought had money in their pockets come to like an amazing tasting event at a friend's beautiful loft space in New York that I borrowed. And then rather than having me present my idea because I was too, I was a nervous wreck, I had a guy with a British accent (laughs) come in and present my idea for me. Amazing. (laughs) Because like (laughs) the British accent is like, hello, everybody, Uh, you know, I'd like to present you a brilliant idea that, uh, you know, and it just, it just sounds smart. So anyway, so that worked. And that's how I raised the first $250,000 my first business. That's such a cool story. You mentioned how you feel about asking someone to pick their brain. And it's like, oh, kill me now. This person just wants to pick pick my brain or I want to pick their brain. Yeah. How, how, for our listeners who may want to pick your brain or someone else's, like, what do you think the best approach is? It sounds so obvious, but it is something that has it changed the course of the way people respond to me is that you just lead with how can I help you first versus how can you help mm-hmm. me? It's like, hi, like my name is Susie and I'm a senior at whatever insti- university and I don't have any contacts, but I do know the editor in chief of my school newspaper. My school has 20,000 students in it and I'd love to write a paper, like a have my editor or my paper write an article about you. And then you're like, oh. Sure, great. Yeah, of course. And then post article being published, this chick sends the link. Hey, you know, here's a link to the article. It was really well received, sent out to 20,000 people. By the way, I have three questions to ask you. Are you more interested to like answer the questions then than, hey, can I pick your brain? Like first sentence out of your mouth. You're like, fuck your brain. And they're like, no, you know, versus like, you've gone out of your way to find a way to make my life easier or to like do something for me. It's human nature to want to help back. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and protect your time and right. all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. I feel the same way. It's hard. There's so much to learn. There's so many people. I guess that's why I have a podcast, right? So we can <laughs> share these things publicly. Totally. So you got your $250,000. Then what? Made a pizza? Then, um, <laughs> and then, and then may the screwing up begin then. <laughs> yeah, I made, it's just like every textbook rookie error. It was the world's greatest disaster of 2005. <laughs> I had a, a, like a lineup around the corner and I'd never owned a restaurant. I'd never at this point, like mm -hmm. never served a single thing that was my own. Like I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And I had this line around the corner and I had these like people I just hired like two days ago who are like these East Village hipsters, you know, with like the side part and like whatever. <laughs> and then I had like Tomas, who was like the chef who like literally had been helping me open the restaurant, but he had just also been there for a couple, for a few days. So we opened the door and we're like ready for business. And then it was like just terrible. Like the whole day, it was people were waiting like 50 minutes for a slice of pizza and then they'd get it and it was like slightly undercooked because we didn't quite know how much. It was just like the whole thing was so not put together and it was just the greatest disaster ever. And like all these people were like, this place is so like JV, like, oh my God. Like, so, but my back was against the wall. I didn't come from money and I didn't have any, I had to make it work. I couldn't be a statistic. So I fucked up and, you know, we had like a moment of like, oh my God, no one's going to come back here. It's horrible. And so I wrote these handwritten notes and I photocopied it in these like really good printers to make it look like I hand wrote all of them which was like dear neighbor you know my name is Mickey and I just opened the pizza place and you may or may not have come here yet but I know that we had a really challenging first week and here's a coupon to like free pizza for your first next, you know, next pizza or a glass of wine and I'd love to personally introduce myself and I'm just really sorry in advance if you had a weird experience. And I hand-delivered 5,000 of these apartments personally with my twin sister, but mostly myself. I snuck into all the elevator buildings in the neighborhood locally. I started off with the first smallest radius and then the radius outside and the next radius. So what happened thereafter was like 90% of my business the following week came from those those letters. And then I still didn't stop from there. Like I went to like amusement parks where little kids were like playing and their bored moms or like nannies or whatever were filing their nails, watching their kids on the swings or whatever. And I would just like go up to them and be like, hey, like, you know, it's like better pizza for your kids. And I would just hand out free pizza like to everyone. And I would just, you know, do everything I possibly could. My sister and I tried to do like free pizza at gyms, like right as you're walking out of gyms, <laughs> like you'd get healthy pizza, like after your workout, you know, oh but like God. these gyms were like, no, you can't advertise here. So my sister and I, literally, we became spin instructors. <laughs> we did like oh, a weekend spin God. instructors. And then we like infiltrated New York Health and Racket and Crunch or whatever. And then at New York Health and Racket Club and New York Sports Club, we were able to like hand out free pizza because we became spin instructors and became friends with the managers. And then like, it was just like a very roundabout way of wow. handing out free pizza. But we also got a workout, a free workout, and we got paid 50 bucks to teach a class or whatever. That's so funny. Yeah. You got to pile the greens on after a workout, I guess, on the pizza. Yeah, I right? Mean, I mean, what? how are people's reactions when you hand them a, a pizza after their workout? They're, They're like, like mm, yes. this is delicious. Like, you have so much... You're so passionate about this pizza. I'm like, yeah, like, you know, yeah, I, I believe it. I believe in it, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, Amazing. How long has it been open now? 11 years, WTF. So the name of my original restaurant was called Slice, and now it's called Wild. If you go to my restaurant in West Village or Williamsburg, you can just look up Eat, Drink, Wild. When you sell on sites like eBay, Amazon, and Shopify or your own website, 
It's always exciting to watch orders roll in. I remember doing that for so long and then finally I couldn't keep up with the orders. And we all hope that our company grows to the point where we can't read our customers' names as fast as the orders roll in, but I do miss those days. But you have to keep the orders going out to keep your customers happy and coming back. And that's why ShipStation.com is such an incredible product. It's the number one choice of online sellers. They automatically import your orders into one easy to use interface and help you choose the right carrier to get the lowest rate for every package. So they create shipping labels for all the top carriers, including UPS, FedEx, and USPS right from your computer. And if you get a cool piece of paper with some sticky paper, it's real fun to slap those sticky labels on the packages. You can even manage, ship, and track your orders on the go from your smartphone or tablet, which is crazy. That didn't exist when I was on eBay. I didn't even have a BlackBerry. Liz, ShipStation is giving Girlboss listeners an exclusive offer. Can you tell them what it is that they should take advantage of right now? I actually can. I can tell them right now. Try ShipStation free for 30 days and get an additional month free. Only if you use offer code GIRLBOSS. Don't wait. Go to ShipStation.com before you do anything else. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in GIRLBOSS. That's ShipStation.com. Enter GIRLBOSS. Where did you get the idea for Thinks and what is Thinks? Yeah, so Thinks, I guess the question I kind of to turn back to you, like how many pairs of underwear have you ruined on your period? Mm, I lost track. I try to wear black ones. but Right, right. Yeah. So like if you ask any girl that, they'll be like, oh my God, totally. Or my sheets. Or you had that moment where you're like in the middle of something and you can't just stop and you have to just like bleed out basically. And so it just kept happening, like especially running from one restaurant to another, just you don't have any time to change your tampon or pad. And so it just kept happening and it was just like, wait a minute, how is it possible that in this day and age of innovation that there's no innovation in feminine hygiene, like a category that women require for the better part of our lives, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I kind of did some digging and went to Auntie Google and discovered that there's only been three major innovations in the entire 20th century in the feminine hygiene category. Only three. What are they? 1931, the tampon was invented by a man. Mm -hmm. Um, In 1969, they put the adhesive strip underneath a pad to prevent it from moving around before before that women had to genius. use genius genius scotch tape yes <laughs> um and before that women had to use menstrual belts clips and pins to hold a pad in place and then in the 1980s was a popularization of the menstrual cup i mean the menstrual cup was brought you know in the 1930s 1940s but just didn't really and it hasn't even really taken off in the 1980s even but mm-hmm. it was it started to become more yeah. and more popular in the 80s but it's still not really mainstream i don't know something about like period but sloshing around in a cup to me just, <laughs> yeah the sloshing is just not <laughs> that's what i imagine <laughs> yeah. and then like what happens if it turns sideways does it just pour out oh like, no it's messy like when you take it out it just bills everywhere it's yeah it's got to be insane it's like yeah. trimming your pubic hair or <laughs> yeah <laughs> so all right now we're getting started yeah no. so, so, <laughs> so anyway 15 billion dollar category that really very little innovation the idea didn't hit until i was at my family barbecue with my twin sister which is called agripalooza my last name is agrawal this is our 15th annual agripalooza so we were defending our three regular championship title and in the middle of the race my sister started her period And so we had to like sprint, you know, we're competitive, so we did still finish first, (laughs) but we sprinted still tied to each other 
upstairs to the living room bathroom. And as she was washing the blood out of the bathing suit bottoms, that's when we had the idea. <gasps> Wouldn't it be amazing if we can create a pair of underwear that never leaked, that never stained, that actually supported women during any situation like the three-legged race. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I started, and then talked to my third sister. She's had a neck surgeon. And, you know, you can't just, like, mm-hmm. in the middle of, like, a surgery go and be like, yo, face, stay open while I go and change out my tampon. Like, you can't do that, right? There are so many scenarios where, like, a woman is compromised, you know, on her mm-hmm. period. And so mm-hmm. we're just like, wow, this is a huge opportunity here. And so that's when we had the aha moment. Like, the ding, 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 like, period underwear. And we had all these, like, horrible taglines, like, no stains, period, you know, and like, and we had like, but so it was 2005 when he had the idea, I just opened the restaurants in 2005, so I couldn't launch two, I was just like flailing around. So I basically tabled the Thinks idea for like five years and then cut to 2010 when I was traveling to the South Africa for the World Cup and I had the first chance to go to the World Cup to watch the best soccer of the world and I'm, as a soccer player, it was like amazing. While I was there, I had the opportunity to really see Africa for the first time. And I met a group of girls and one particular girl while I was there and asked her, why aren't you in school? And she said, it's my week of shame. And I was like, your week of shame, what are you talking about? And she said, well, when I have my period, I stay at home. And I said, why? And she said, well, I tried using old rags and bits of mattresses and leaves and mud and bark and plastic bags and whatever I can find. And none of it worked. And every time I'd go to the chalkboard at school, like the thing would fall down, all the boys would laugh at me and I would run home crying. And eventually I stopped going. And I was Mm -hmm. like, what? And I just like in my experience in my travels, it just never crossed my mind. Like what are girls using to manage their periods in the developing world? It just never crossed my mind. Mm -hmm. And so I came back super enraged and did a bunch of, went to Auntie Google again (laughs) and discovered that over a hundred million girls, I think that UNICEF came out with a study like last year and it was like 500 million girls are missing a week of school when they have their periods. And millions of those girls are dropping out of school because of something as natural as their periods. And I was like, geez. And so then I researched, okay, well, what are solutions for this major problem in the developing world when they don't have access to anything? So I started finding different companies like that made bamboo pads that were so disposable, but like, you know, that were made from bamboo that were affordable or or reusable menstrual pads. And that's when I realized that reusable menstrual pads were the most, made the most sense for girls in the developing world. So we found an organization in Uganda that made washable, reusable cloth pads at an affordable price. And Mm -hmm. so putting it all together, we were like, oh my God, there's actually two major period problems in the world. The first is Women in the first world, like us, who have access to these products, are still leaking, are still staining, are still having accidents, are still having these embarrassing, unsettling moments, right? And girls in the developing world had access to nothing. So we really wanted to create a 360 solution for girls here and around the world. So resurrected the idea for creating this period-proof underwear and then we said, okay, for every pair of underwear sold, we are going to fund a for-profit company that's on the ground, that's making a difference to support girls in the developing world. So what we wanted to do is rather than just doing the welfare model, we wanted to actually create an empowerment model, which meant that for every pair of underwear sold, we fund a for-profit company like AfroPads that makes washable reusable cloth pads. And so we basically fund the cost of these pads, and then they are able to then subsidize that cost to the end user. So when a Ugandan girl buys these pads, they're paying only $2 instead of $4 for them. But AfroPads still makes their margin. They're able to grow their business and create more local jobs. So when you first started working with AfroPads, they had 25 employees and now they have over 165 employees. And then more girls on the ground are able to get access to pads. We've helped now over 45,000 girls go back to school. Congratulations. 
Thank you. And then, of course, in process, we're, we've also like changed the anxiety conversation for, for women here. Like, imagine if you're now going on a big speaking engagement. Like, a lot of my employees saw you speak at the inbound conference, the marketing conference. Mm. On stage. And your period's all like, hi. Yeah, your period comes out and says hi. Yeah. And so what, what the product does is that it's a technology that we've patented called it thinks quad tech. So the innermost layer wicks away moisture. So when you wear the underwear and you bleed into it, it wicks through so you feel dry. You don't feel like you're sitting in anything wet. The innermost layer is also antimicrobial, so never worry about germs. So like pads are full of germs, pads are bulky, pads are gross, right? Whereas this underwear is antimicrobial and moisture wicking right away. So it wicks through so you feel dry. Then it wicks into a micro-thin absorption layer. And this absorption layer absorbs up to two full tampons worth of blood. So if you're on your heaviest days, it can work as a perfect backup. On your medium and light days, you can wear it completely by itself. And then it's is it thick. Does it's it super like... thin. It feels like regular pair of underwear. I'll send you a pair. Or I'll send you a whole cycle set, and you can wear it for your entire cycle, and you'll be like, "This is magic." And then the whole wow. thing is leak proof. So you'll never worry about leaking through it. Is it crunchy? Does it make noise? No, it's it, it looks it literally. <laughs> it literally looks and feels like a regular pair of underwear, and that is that was a consideration, right? So me and my twin sister and our third co-founder spent the next three plus years really working on the technology and really making sure that it's something that we want to wear, that it yeah. feels and looks and falls on the ground. If you're having sex with your boyfriend, it's it's not like this like rigid, weird thing on the ground. It looks like underwear. It looks like sexy black lace underwear or it looks like really awesome underwear that you want to wear all the time. And so we're seeing now so many of our customers wear underwear on all the days because it's like a really well-made pair of underwear. And so we launched officially in May of 2015. And then since then, we've grown at the most, you know, I'm like in the most humble way, but like it's, expon- it was, it's been remarkable. Being the freelancer that you are yeah. sometimes means that you have to do things that in the grown-up world. Maybe aren't as creative as the rest of you. Yeah. And accounting is one of those things. FreshBooks is a super simple cloud accounting software that's helping over five million small business owners and mm. weirdos like you mm-hmm. crush their paperwork faster so they can spend more time creating. Liz, why don't you tell our listeners some of the great features that FreshBooks offers? Well, you can create and send an invoice literally in like 30 seconds. There's no formulas or format. So it creates perfectly crafted invoices. Your clients can pay you online, which can seriously improve how quickly you get paid. Also, it will show you whether or not a client has even looked at the invoice you've emailed. Creepazoid. We all want to be creepazoids. Yes. And FreshBooks lets you be one. Mm-hmm. It also makes easy to customize invoices and highlights your brand. You can even add in your own logo, set your payment terms, and even personalize thank you emails, which I would never think to do. Yeah, because you don't. You're not grateful at all. No, I have no gratitude. Um, FreshBooks is offering a free month to all girl boss listeners right now. To claim your offer, go to freshbooks.com/girlboss and enter girlboss in the "How did you hear about us?" section. So things does periods, but I've heard things about pee pee and poo poo, <laughs> and I think farts are really funny. But maybe that's like the last the last taboo. For the last, you. Well, poop is pretty. But, it's pretty like it's up there with with the farting for sure. Yeah. So the next thing we launch is Icon, which is our pee proof underwear. That's for lazy people, or is it for? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, as it turns out, one in three women at some point in our lives will experience what you call light bladder leakage or stress urinary incontinence. Um, especially when you're pregnant or post-pregnant, you'll be like, ha ha ha, and you pee a little bit. Or you're like, achoo, that. and you pee a little bit. You know, it takes almost seven to eight years for any woman to admit to their doctor that they have light what? bladder leakage. You know, because oh they're God. so embarrassed and ashamed about it. And just like it happens to one in three women. And yet there's such a taboo. And just the same way, nobody wants to talk about periods. It nobody wants to talk away. about pee. It's not like a temporary thing after you have a kid. I'm like, uh-oh. I know. Me too. I'm like, uh-oh, too. Because I'm like, I'm about to like embark <laughs> on the having children train at Can the I end of this year. I know. I'm right? <laughs> um, no, I'm but <laughs> that would be so interesting. Um, so yeah, so Icon is for women who who have light bladder leakage. So what what's interesting about Icon is that if you look at the conversations that are happening around incontinence or around bladder leakage, is that it's like depends or poise or these horrible. Oh God, I know brands diaper. It's like diaper. Yeah, the diaper-like stuff. And you're just like, <laughs> as a woman coming into my like late 30s and like if I become incontinent, I don't want to lose my feeling of like self-worth and self-strength and like the ability of, of being in my most powerful self. Like especially as you give birth, you're like in your most powerful state. You're a mother. You're passing down your wisdom. You just friggin' had the most challenging experience of your life, which is birth. And now you're reduced to wearing depends and being like a child again. It's, it's messed up. And so what we want to do is like make you feel like a woman again. And like you're in your most powerful state. So you're iconic as you get older. And so icon is really underwear, you know, that looks like a sexy, like, you know, black, we have a, a black bikini cut and a high waist that are super flattering. There's no visible penny line. It's seamless. Amazing. And it protects you from, and a totally different technology. It has to wick faster. It has to be odorless. It has to be, you know, fast drying. It has to be, you know, obviously leak proof. And, and then for every icon sold, we are funding fistula operations, which are when women give, give birth in the developing world, oftentimes they're too young and they give birth and they rip a hole in their bladder and, uh, and they end up peeing themselves forever. And when they pee themselves forever, they can't control it. They end up getting shunned from their families, disowned by their husbands and put in these fistula camps to die. And so oh – and it takes a very – fairly simple surgery I mean, if it's quite soon after and it doesn't like become a scar tissue forms like before that if you can get to it fast enough you can do it's a quick $250 surgery and the woman's back in, in normal and so for every icon soul we are helping fistula operations that's with amazing operations. that's so cool yeah and then tushy yeah tell me about tushy well have you ever used a bidet before just out of curiosity yeah yeah i'm gonna throw out some stats the average american uses 57 sheets of toilet paper per day well, if the average American uses 57, I use 157 because I'm a toilet clogger. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. I'm and, like, I make like a mitt. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Make the mitt. You wrap it around many times and you scoop it. And then, and then did you know that it also, by doing that rubbing technique, you are, you know, contributing to the 26 million combined cases of urinary tract infections, yeast infections, and hemorrhoids, which can be fully alleviated by simply using water to clean your butt. All of that can be changed by simply using a gentle spray of water to clean your derriere. And not to mention 15 million trees get chopped down every single year to make toilet paper. A single roll of toilet paper requires 37 gallons of water to make one roll of toilet paper. So Tushy is a simple bidet attachment that clips onto your toilet in less than 10 minutes, turns any toilet into a bidet. 
And there's no plumbing, no electrical required. So it's not like the crazy Japanese toilets. We have a black and gold bidet for like the fancy blingy type people. And we have a white and silver one. And it literally attaches to a toilet. It connects very simply to your clean toilet water valve behind your toilet. It takes literally any fool like myself who can't hang a painting can install it. And then it's pressure based. You just turn a little knob and water just gently sprays your bum. And it's, I'm telling you, it's the most game changing thing you can possibly ever do for yourself. And it's only $57. Like, that's the craziest thing. It just makes all the sense. And for every tushy sold, we are funding Samagra House, which is an organization in India that brings clean latrines to developing communities that desperately need them. Yeah. So I asked this question of all of our guests, and it's basically, what is your girl boss moment? And a girl boss moment can be anything from, you know, I gave myself a bath last night to I used a bidet five times or used tushy or saved toilet paper or... Whatever it may be, aced my exam. Um, and so our listeners tweet in and Instagram in hashtag girl boss moment, which is just the time in their week where they felt like they really owned their shit. No pun intended. Yes. Um, yes. And so I'm going to ask you, Mickey, what your girl boss moment in the last week was. I would say I was at a restaurant two days ago. And with on, a, on my date night, I have a two date nights a week with my boyfriend. And um, on my on my date night with Andrew, we just got to the talking to the table next to us. It was like a group of cool hipster chicks, and there was like seven of them. And he was like, "Do you have you seen this period underwear subway ads?" And one of the girls literally like shrieked. She's like, "I'm wearing them right now." Um, oh yeah, so that was a really cool moment for me, just like having having that happen and it's happening more and more where girls are literally running up to me like pulling it down their pants and showing me that they're wearing things. And it's like <laughs> That's awesome. Mickey, tell our listeners where we can find things. You can find things at shethinks.com, S-H-E-T-H-I-N-X.com. Icon is iconundies.com and tushy.me. If you ever do go check out Tushy specifically's website. Don't go to Tushy.com because that is a porn site. Go to Tushy.me. Oh my God. <laughs> Tushy.me. Oh my God, you may be the only other <laughs> entrepreneur who like has had that problem. I mean, the name of the next book is a porn site too. Nasty Galaxy is a porn site. No Nasty way. Gal was. I had it by Nasty Gal from, I don't even know who I don't want to know, but. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So Tushy.me. Definitely not Tushy.com. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Good. That's good to know. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I feel like you dropped so much inspiration just even with starting your pizza business, just like how you pounded the pavement. And I think there's a lot of inspiration here. So thank you for your time. Oh, my God. Absolutely. All right, that was Girlboss Radio. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to sign up for Girlboss Diary, our email newsletter at girlboss.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Girlboss. Next week, we'll be back with Reshma Sajani, the founder and CEO of Girls Who Code. Really awesome. Our producer is Shara Morris. Thanks also to Kristen Meinzer, Laura Mayer, and Andy Bowers at Panoply. And if you haven't read Girlboss, go do it now. Buy two. They're cheap. You can buy one for your friend at nastygal.com, Amazon, or anywhere books are sold. And you can also pre-order Nasty Galaxy, my second book, which comes out October 4th, currently available for pre-order on Amazon. Please let us know what you think of the show. You'll find us on Twitter and Instagram at Girlboss. Our email address is info at girlboss.com, and you can find me at Sophia Amoruso on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify app, Google Chrome, Cast, or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to leave us a rating or comment wherever you subscribe. Thanks also to the band Phases for our theme song and to my husband, Joel Jarek de Graff, for our interstitial jam. I'm Sophia Amoruso. 
I'll see you next week.